everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Buck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Buck, and today it's 12 Questions for the Podcast with Ty Dillon of Tremaine Racing. Now, if you haven't noticed this year, Ty Dillon's been trying to up his social media game and his digital presence by starting a vlog, and he even included part of this interview in his vlog last week, so make sure to check that out if you want to see what the interview looks like on video. But as far as the audio version, let's get right to it with this week's 12 questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with Ty Dillon. And Ty, the first question is, how often do you have dreams about racing? How often? Uh, Now I don't uh, as much as when I was younger. I used to have, like, the worst dream, and it stressed me out so bad. Like, I would be, the race would be firing off, cars would be rolling off, and I, I was trying to still find, like, my gloves or my helmet, like, and I'd be in the hauler scrambling and like the race is gone and I was missing the race and I just had that dream like reoccurred all the time that was the worst dream ever wake up sweating and stressed out so that was like the late for school dream except for late late for racing yes for sure I had that one all the time uh if you get into someone during a race intentional or not does it matter if you apologize um I think it's all in context I think um if you make a true mistake and you're honest with a person I think it's worth going and saying something um, I think if you're racing hard, I think it should be understood. Um, I think it should be taken with in taken within context of, of the situation. And um, if the other person's mad and, and you truly made a mistake, I tried that a couple years ago with Regan. Um, I told him when he came up to me, I was like, I I made a mistake, man. You deserve to be mad. Um, but he continued to to get more and more mad, and then it kind of led to what it was. But like, I will always be honest. If I made a mistake, I'll always tell the person, and then we'll go from there. So in the, the Watkins Glen situation, it was Watkins Glen, right? Mm-hmm. In that situation, you're like, dude, it's my fault, and he's still getting yeah. mad? Okay. I told him, I said, hey, you, you have 100% right to be mad at me. And uh, he continued to get mad, and I was like, okay, now we're into another we're into another realm of getting mad. Yeah. So that's uh, when I flare up. Okay. What's the biggest compliment someone could give you? Um, biggest compliment someone could give me um, right now would be if uh, just – I don't know, complimented on being a good husband and a father right now. I think that means more than anything to me in life. And then probably the third on the list would be that um, that people see that I'm working hard or just appreciate the work that I'm putting into trying to be a, a good race car driver and all around good for the sport. Okay. So NASCAR comes to you and they're like, hey, we're bringing a celebrity to the race. We'd love for you to host that person. Um I, I saw you just got to talk with Migos recently. Yeah. So who's a, a celebrity you'd be really excited to host? Um, so Migos is really cool. That would be really high on the list. Like sports star-wise, probably like a Cam Newton. Um, I love the Braves, so any of the Braves players. Uh, but like entertainment, I really like Logic right now. I'm bumping him quite a bit. So um, if he were to come to the track, I would like to uh, show him around, show him our world. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be very big for NASCAR as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Or uh, another one would be Gary Vaynerchuk. I'd like to take him around. And he's, he's doing stuff with NASCAR. Yeah, he, yeah, VaynerMedia is doing a lot. I actually have worked with him when I went to Austin for South by Southwest with a vlog and spent a lot of time with him and kind of developing myself outside of racing and inside of racing. Um, I think it, what they got going on is pretty special. That's cool. 
So in an effort to show it's a health-conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month. Would you do it? For sure. You would? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could do it. My okay. wife's a really good cook, and I'd just be like, all right, Haley, let's make this stuff taste good, and <laughs> we'll go for it. So I could do it. Okay, I think you're the first driver all year to say yes. I finally found somebody. Uh, I don't think the other drivers have, have qualified as bad as I have all year. So <laughs> I, I really understand what the bad pitch selection feels like. So uh, I would definitely do it. I'd do it for the whole year. So. Wow, okay. <laughs> it would uh, probably make me look better, too. <laughs> That's true. Well, it, it's supposed to be good for your health, yeah. right? Um, okay, now it's time for the random race challenge. So I've picked a random race from your career. Okay. You have to tell me where you finished in this race. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. So this is the... Uh, 2015 spring Xfinity race at Kentucky. I don't know if it's really spring, but the first... 2015? 2015 Kentucky, first Kentucky race. Woo, this is a tough one. Had to be decent, unless we... I'll say eight. The answer was P15. Ah. So you started second... And you must have gotten the lead on, on the start because you led the first 15 laps. Yep. And then I don't know what happened after that. Okay. That's all I have. I, I, that's all race. Man, I've, race had, I've led so many laps in Kentucky. Um, that one might have been – I don't. I think we got a speeding penalty or something that might have got us a lap down. But Took you out of it. Yeah. There's been a lot of Kentuckys where we started in the top five, led a bunch of laps. The last one was like – might have been the fall race of 15 or fall race of 16 where we led, like, the whole race and got beat on a green-white checker by Blaney. So, um, yeah, I was confused between that one and the other one. Yeah. But uh, are you, in general, good at remembering races? Somewhat. The good ones. I can the remember the good ones. ones. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, who is the best rapper alive? Best rapper alive. I don't know, man. I, I think I gave myself away earlier with Logic. I like his, like, everything he's got going on. Um Migos have some cool content. Like I just like the way they mix it up. Um, but rap right now, I'm gonna go with Logic. Okay, yeah. I can see that. I mean, yeah. you 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 have them on your vlog. Like you're yeah. walking out to intros, you're listening to them. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? <laughs> punchable face. People answer this. Some people do. I've gotten a couple answers. Oh, punchable face. Hmm. Uh. I can see your mind going through various oh, man, like, What should I say? How should I say this and back it up and make it not sound so mean? I would just say, off pure facts, I will say Kyle Busch, because I think he's had the most punches thrown at his face in our sport. <laughs> so there you go. That is factual, yeah. probably, yeah. Him you're or Brad, they both have had the most punches thrown in their face. So, so you're we'll going for a data answer here. Data, an- data answer. Okay. That way it's like I can back it up. <laughs> So NASCAR lists three famous Americans to be involved with your team for one race as part of a big publicity push they're doing. They're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks to the track, and you have to have one as your crew chief, one as your spotter, and one as your motorhome driver. Who are you going <laughs> to sign for what role? Uh, I'll take LeBron as the crew chief just because he's a good team leader. It's not as good as MJ, though, but he's the uh, best leader in sports right now. Tom Hanks, love his voice, so he'd be my spotter. And then my wife and Taylor would probably get along well, so she could drive the motorhome. <laughs> okay, so, yeah. yeah. And you spend a lot of time with your motorhome driver? Like, you yeah. hang out? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. We could sit around, and we could grill out, and she could play the guitar and sing, I guess. Yeah. 
be nice. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, what is the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom? Ah, that's a major key. Um, just the closest Portageon, really. Like, wait, I did. We're doing something on the vlog about that. Like, if you want to find best way to find your favorite driver is stand near the Portageon nearest their car before the race. It's the easiest way to do it. And uh, some tracks, like, I feel like all tracks should have more portage on. Some tracks, like, really throw us for a curve. Like, Martinsville, I had to run all the way to the back stretch to use the bathroom between the National Anthem and Gentlemen Start Your Engines, which there's not a whole lot of time there to also get in the car and get all your stuff on. So, um, that's, a, like, a small caveat. That's really cool about our sport. Okay. Uh, so, NASCAR misses the highlight real value brought by Carl Edwards backflips, and they decide that a replacement is needed. How much money would they have to pay you to backflip off your car after your next win? Whatever my medical bill would be to fix my neck when I break it. <laughs> I'm just not uh, not a big acrobatic person. Daniel Hemrick can do backflips. He'll probably do it when he wins one day. But um, I'll do something cool, but I can't do a backflip. So, But all they'd have to pay is your medical? That's it? You wouldn't want, like, extra uh, fees on top of that? I'd be gener- generous because I've won the race. So okay. I'd, I'd be generous. You'd be just, in a good just pay my medical bill. <laughs> That's nice of you. Yeah. Okay, so um, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview. I just did one with Martin Truex Jr. His question for you is, did it surprise you how much harder Cup is than Xfinity? Uh, yes. Um, just, you know, taking the... It's like every step for me when I was a rookie in trucks and Xfinity, I was racing for championships and winning races right out of the gate in my first year. And um, going to Cup, yeah, our our team wasn't at that level yet, um, but we had a really good step in the right direction. Um, but to even be better at the Cup Series, it's not another step; it's like five steps to be much better. And um, I feel like I'm trying to. I would like to be able to mirror my my career a lot off what Martin's done um, I think at the beginning of his career and uh, to grow Furniture Row from what it was to what it is now and, and that's definitely what we want to do at Jermaine so um, yeah it's definitely a lot tougher um, than I expected I was able to make a lot of starts to get a little bit of a feel for it to help and we had our best year statistically Jermaine Racing's had in our rookie year but um, you know it's definitely a major major step that I think a lot of people don't realize so the next interview I'm doing is going to be with an IndyCar driver. I don't okay. know who the IndyCar driver is yet, but do you have a question I might be able to ask somebody in the IndyCar series? Why does it seem that NASCAR drivers can come to Indy and IndyCar racing and run well, um, like A.J. Allmendinger and Kurt Busch and, and Tony Stewart in their cars, but when they come to ours, the learning curve seems a lot steeper? Wow, that's a really good question. Yeah. I would like to know that answer myself. Yeah, so. we'll see. See, I might be the most punchable face in the NHR <laughs> after that, so <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> thanks for doing this. Yeah, All right, everybody, so there you have it. Appreciate Ty taking the time to do that. And the IndyCar driver in question for the next interview turned out to be Simon Pagino. I interviewed him at Long Beach, and I asked him Ty's question, so you can hear his response to that next week in the 12 Questions interview. Coming up on Thursday's episode of the podcast, it's a How I Got Here with Christine Curley, who currently works for Toyota, but also had stops along the way as PR representative for Clint Boyer and Adam Petty and Jimmy Johnson for six of his championships. So it'll be interesting to get her insight there and see how she got to where she is in her career. 
how I got to where I am in my career is due in large part to you, people listening to this, and supporting me on Patreon.com. The address there is Patreon.com slash Jeff underscore Gluck. And you can go there to make a small monthly recurring donation. So what happens is people pledge on there. The standard pledge is about five bucks a month. And that's how I make a living. That's how I get to all the races. That's how I keep the website and the podcast going. So if you enjoy this and you think it's worth supporting, please consider checking out that Patreon page. Anyway, thank you so much as always for listening. And I'll talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Block Podcast.